Can you locate the lost treasure ship? You're spending the summer with your Aunt Lydia on Orcas Island in the Pacific Northwest. You've always been curious about the island's legend of the Onyx Dragon, a treasure ship that mysteriously sank off the coast over 100 years ago. When you stumble upon an old letter, you decide to search for the ship and its precious cargo, the infamous emerald known as the Star of Asia. The letter provides you with three clues. Where should you look first? If you decide to follow the first clue and search for a map hidden near the boathouse, turn to page 48. If you decide to find the Indian named Mountain Spirit, turn to page 67. If you decide to check out the mysterious lights that appear in the night sky every year on the anniversary of the ship's sinking, turn to page 80. But be careful, you could uncover the onyx dragon and its treasure, or you could get lost, never to find your way back to the Orcas Island. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. 14 exciting endings. Choose your own adventure book 105, The Treasure of the Onyx Dragon by Allison Gilligan, illustrated by Leslie Morrill. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. This has the best cover I have ever seen. The hair and that turtle looks like it's got the same dope expression my cat has half the time. <laughs> nice. Don't That's know what the turtle's problem is. Sweet feathered 80s it's underwater so, hair. It's so sweet. And the outfits... Yeah, I'm loving this cover. Like how much Aquanet did they actually use? So much Aquanet. Enough to kill that turtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Allison Gilligan is a new author. Yeah. I was going to ask who recognizes that name. I think, I don't know for sure, but I think she is the daughter of Shannon Gilligan. That makes oh, sense. that makes sense. Because we're good, getting into the second gens here. Yeah, the legacy. Yeah. Is she a one and done? I honestly don't know. Okay. Well, it's exciting new author. We'll see how she goes. Warning, do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have as you search for the lost treasure ship, the Onyx Dragon. From time to time as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you have are the results of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make a decision. The mysterious waters off Orcas Island may hold many surprises for you to explore. Even if you do locate the missing ship and its precious cargo, you won't necessarily be able to keep your treasure. Good luck. So we don't get the treasure, damn it. I, I like treasure. I do too. You and your sister Hannah spot your Aunt Lydia at Seattle International Airport as you come off the airplane. She is waving her handkerchief in your direction as she calls, Oh, yoo-hoo! Here I am! Aunt Lydia is your father's older sister. During the school year, you and Hannah live in Egypt. On weekends, you work on archaeological digs. Okay. <laughs> Although you are young, your knowledge of Egyptian hieroglyphics is a valuable tool on these digs. 
Ever since your father disappeared on a dig several years ago, your aunt has insisted that you and Hannah spend your summers at the family house on Orcas Island. Dusty trenches in foreign countries are no place for you and your younger sister, she maintains. I, I'm shocked we have a sister in this one. We never have a sibling. While you're away on Orcas Island, your mother continues to work on the dig, thinking your aunt's invitation for the two of you to spend summers in a cooler climate is a splendid idea. Every time you return to see the majestic beauty of the Pacific Northwest, you agree. Aunt Linnea commandeers a red cap for your luggage, and the three of you walk out into the bright Seattle sunshine. It happens twice a year. I was going to say, mm, bright Seattle and sunshine are two things that go together. <laughs> Linnea is a famous art historian known around the world for her expertise in Asian art. Within your family, she is known for being eccentric. She has a strange style of dressing. She hasn't disappeared yet. How eccentric. <laughs> Today, Aunt Lydia looks like she's heading off on safari. Leather boots, a linen skirt, and a jacket, a pith helmet, and a pointed walking stick. Oh, for fuck's sake. She is quite unusual, but she's also your favorite relative. No, she isn't. She's definitely from Seattle. Recently, you found your father's high school diary. And it, uh, yeah. In it, he wrote about his search for a treasure ship that sank off the coast of Orcas Island. Day 63 in my search for the sunken ship, the Onyx Dragon, have told Lydia about my discovery of Uncle McGuire's letter. She seemed strangely upset and tried to warn me against continuing my search. As a precaution, I have ripped the directions off the bottom of the letter and hidden them. I don't want Lydia to interfere any further with my plans. I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> According to the research you've done over the past year, the Onyx Dragon has never been found. All year long, you've been planning to continue your father's search for the ship. Any chance we could look for that treasure ship, the Onyx Dragon? You ask Aunt Lydia, hopefully. For a moment, your aunt looks stunned as she whisks you off to Orcas Island in her sports car. That ship has been down on the bottom of the Sound for more than 130 years. If no one has found it yet, I doubt they ever will. She laughs and presses her foot down on the accelerator. The car careens around corners. You try to calm your nerves by making more conversation. Come on, Aunt Lydia. Tell me what you know about the sinking of the treasure ship, you shout above the roar of the engine. Aunt Lydia turns her steel-gray eyes on you. The Onyx Dragon was loaded with precious cargo. Your great-great-uncle, McGuire, the captain, was steering her through the Strait of Juan de Fuca. Oh, so our family fucked it up. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> so we own whatever's on that ship. The Strait is the passageway from the ocean to Puget Sound, and it's peppered with islands. I think the year was 1852. Anyway, the ship broke up and sank in a fierce storm. For years, explorers from all over the world have been searching for the Onyx Dragon without any luck. She pauses for a moment. That's all I know. Don't ask about it again. Strange, you think. Your father's diary made it sound like Aunt Lydia knew a lot more. Sometime this summer, you vow to yourself, I'm going to find out why she seems so secretive about this ship. So your dad thinks that his sister knows more and didn't write it down in his diary? Yeah. What it is that he thinks she knows? Yeah. Because, you know. Hannah looks at you, her flaming red hair whipping in the wind. Her eyes twinkle mischievously. That ship's just waiting for us to discover it, she whispers. Two hours of driving and one ferry ride later, the family's enormous Victorian summer home, which Aunt Lydia now holds title to, stands before you. It's three stories high with gables, turrets, and gingerbread trim. It sits on a bluff overlooking the dark water below. I can't 
can't hate this ant anymore than I ever do. <laughs> the stereotypical ant. Her whimsy chart is just off the mm-hmm. fucking scale. She's Pacific Northwest whimsy. That's what she is. Mm-hmm. A small boathouse is nestled in a grove of trees on the shore. I just love this house, Hannah exclaims, jumping out of the car. It's so beautiful and big, you can get lost in it. Sometimes Aunt Lydia muses mysteriously without even trying. Rock, paper, scissors is going to get that house in the will. (laughs) The house seems to hold many mysteries and memories. Wandering through its vast rooms, you feel closer to your father, knowing he spent his childhood summers here. On the fifth day of your visit, while exploring the house with Hannah, you lean against a giant urn in the study. Suddenly, the wall next to the urn swings open, revealing a short, dark passageway. Hannah races down the passageway. You quickly follow. Yeah, I'm leaving going. (laughs) No lights. The passageway leads to a small room. It looks as if nothing in the room has been touched for years. Glancing around, you see shelves of old books, a large oak desk covered with dust, an ancient navigational telescope propped against the wall, and an enormous mirror in an ornate gilded frame. This looks like a secret study, Hannah says. One small window looks out over the bay. Waves smash against the black rocks below. You reach for the mirror to inspect its gold frame. It slips off the wall and crashes to the floor. (laughs) Bravo. Oh no, seven years of bad luck, Hannah exclaims. Nervously, you pick up the glass. You crawl under the desk to pick up a large piece of the mirror. Wow, you cry. Look what I just found. Hannah crawls next to you for a better look. It's the ship. (laughs) (laughs) The The end. Two sheets of paper are pinned to the bottom of the desk, you discover. You unpin the papers, crawl out, and spread them out on the floor. Look at these weird arrows and signs, Hannah says. This must be written in some ancient language. Hardly, you reply with a certain smugness. It's just written backward. Look. (laughs) You hold up a piece of mirror and begin translating the writer's words. Listen to this, you begin excitedly. Dearest Miria, I am writing this on my deathbed. There is a family secret I will not take to my grave. It has to do with our brother McGuire's ship, the Onyx Dragon. On a cold, blustery eve in 1852, his vessel was headed toward the city of Seattle from Shanghai, China. Slave traders? <laughs> Probably. As McGuire steered the ship through the Strait of Juan de Fuca, a fierce storm blew down from the north. The ship was believed to be carrying a large cachet of precious stones and gold, as well as the infamous emerald, the Star of Asia. The Onyx Dragon was wrecked in the storm and everyone on board drowned. The ship was thought to have run aground near. The remainder of the first page has been torn off. (gasps) Hannah, do you know what this is? You say excitedly. This is the letter Dad discovered while searching for the ship. The bottom's ripped off just like he wrote in his diary. So, we leaned against an urn and discovered a secret tunnel. Mm -hmm. Led to a secret study Mm -hmm. where we accidentally dropped a mirror that led us under a desk where we found a couple of sheets of paper hidden under there. That were not useful because your dad had ripped the important part off of the one. It was all And then he hidden. conveniently disappeared in Egypt. Uh-huh. But it was all hidden, like pinned away. So why did great, uh, great, 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 great grand uncle, blah, 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 like write it backwards? Well, I don't think he wrote it. I think someone else wrote it. Which, how would they even no, know what said, happened dearest on the ship? Miriam or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like our relative. Yeah, but he was, ta- whoever wrote that was talking about. Their sibling, I think. They were McGuire they were talking a... about the ship as if it belonged to Uncle McGuire. Yeah. Yeah. 
So and Uncle McGuire didn't, didn't write, write it. it. Okay, yeah, but I, that's not my concern. My concern. Why did they write it backwards? Yeah. Don't that's know. why. That's yeah. Like, what? Yeah, what's well, subterfuge in the because, 1850s? Because it's a little kitty uni adventure. That's why. <laughs> yeah, right. true. Who wrote the letter? Hannah asks quickly. And who is Miria? Let's see, you say, thumbing through the pages of the diary you keep with you at all times. According to the family tree Dad drew on the inside cover, Miria was McGuire's baby sister. She was only two years old when he died in the shipwreck. What? Huh? Her? <laughs> so what, he was like 30 years older than her? Yep. That means the letter must have been written by McGuire's twin brother, Sean. Is McGuire his first name? I'm so confused. <laughs> Read the second page of the letter, Hannah says eagerly. Well, there appear to be three clues. You read aloud. There is a map hidden next to the boathouse near the Mandrona tree. It was thrown in a bottle from the ship moments before the onyx dragon sank. Find the Indian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the ship sinking is somebody yeah. drawing a map of where the ship is sinking. Yeah. <laughs> Putting it in a bottle and tucking it overboard. <laughs> All right. Find the Indian, Mountain Spirit. He witnessed the sinking of the onyx dragon from high atop Mount Constitution. He can show you where the ship went down. He is long dead. Watch for mysterious lights in the night sky every year on the anniversary of the ship's sinking. Discover what they mean, and the treasure will be yours. This is the break we've been waiting for, you say. Which clue should we start with, Hannah asks. You decide to search for the map beneath the boathouse, turn to page 48. You decide to begin by searching for Mountain Spirit's descendants, turn to page 67. If you choose to pursue the mysterious lights, turn to page 80. So, the, I mean, the, the Mountain Spirit one is like, we're relying on this... We're relying on a generational game of telephone in order yes. to get the information we need. Like, they clearly felt this sinking of this ship might have been important enough to pass down through generations. Yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility that the mountain spirit guy uh, wrote a diary, too. <laughs> <laughs> could be a lot of just bouncing back and forth between diaries for us. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't really say when the ship sank in comparison to like i mean date wise in comparison to where we are right now yeah so i don't know how long we're waiting for the lights to show right, up right yeah but i feel like that's the one that uh, requires the least amount of work on my part oh. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> to, to sit go, around and wait because you have to go dig under the boathouse and like i so baffled by the concept of the map being thrown overboard as the ship is sinking. That's, that's the one I kind of liked because it's a message in a bottle sort of scenario. And it's yeah. the most concrete. It's the most Goonies. If you yeah. want to go that route, I'm fine with it. All right. I want to Goonie it up. Goonie it up. Okay. I mean, initially when she was reading the back of the cover, I was like, weird lights in the night sky? Aliens? I don't know. But like that does pique my interest, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, with all likelihood, that's the one that's going to lead to time travel, so it's good that we avoid it. Oh, yeah. That's oh, true. Yeah, true. true. I think the map beneath the boathouse holds the most promise, you say. Let's go, Hannah cries. God, she's excitable. Mm -hmm. The two of you scramble out of the study and head towards your Aunt Lydia's gardening shed. You gather two shovels, a hoe, and hand trowels and hide them near the Madrona tree. That night, you sneak out, and by the glow of a full moon, the two of you scrape away at the dark earth around the tree, hoping to locate the map. A large blister forms on the palm of your hand. 
If I lift this shovel one more time, you moan, I swear my hands will fall off. Let's call it a night, Hannah says, wiping sweat from her brow. Once inside your room, you fall into bed without changing out of your clothes. You. <laughs> in a matter of seconds, you're in a deep sleep, dreaming about your great-great-uncle McGuire on the Onyx Dragon. McGuire stands on the deck, desperately trying to maintain his balance as the boat is pitched back and forth in a violent storm. Over the roar of the howling wind, you hear him calling your name. As you weave your way toward him, you realize he is pointing at the center of the boat. Look there, he yells, look there! You feel lost and confused. McGuire now appears to be pointing to Aunt Lydia's boathouse, shining in the moonlight. The rocks, he desperately whispers, his voice growing faint as you strain to listen. The rocks. Suddenly, you are blinded by a glaring white light. Now, he's a full 50 years older than his sister. She was two. (laughs) Or he's 20 and he's just a rough sea living. My, oh my, your Aunt Lydia says, pulling back the curtains and allowing the morning sunshine to flood your room. Whatever were you doing last night? Your clothes are covered with dirt and you slept on top of the quilt. Smiling, she shakes her head and warns that if you don't wash and get dressed in a hurry, you'll miss out on her blueberry pancakes. After breakfast, you tell Hannah about your dream. For a moment, she is lost in concentration. Then her eyes twinkle brightly with excitement. Of course, she says, Uncle McGuire was trying to give you a clue about the treasure map. When he pointed at the center of the ship, he didn't mean the ship. He meant the boathouse. That's obvious, you reply. Hannah is such a know-it-all. We're psychic now. But what rocks was he talking about? The ones his ship was about to strike, or... I've got it! He must have meant the rock wall behind the Madrona tree. Uh, This geography means anything to me, so sure. Together, you race toward the boathouse. Completely ignoring the pain from your blister, you break up the stone wall, shoving the rocks aside, while Hannah digs into the wet ground beneath. Within a half hour, her shovel clangs against a glass bottle. That's it, you yell, lifting the bottle out of the ground. Do we know how the bottle got here? Um, the Miriam. That's guy. a good question. <laughs> they just tucked it overboard and it made it to your family's house. And then buried itself under a wall. Mm. Yeah. Carefully, you twist the cork out of the bottle. Inside is a tightly rolled piece of parchment, which you pull out slowly. Unrolling the paper, you begin to examine its markings. It disintegrates right in front of Yeah. It's the map, Hannah says, clapping her hands. See this X here, you say, pointing to a corner of the damp paper. That's where the ship sunk. (laughs) I bet that's where the ship sank (laughs) and where the treasure lies waiting to be discovered. You're right, Hannah says. If we hurry, we can catch Aunt Lydia's friend Zoot down at the rental shop before it closes for lunch. Zoot. We'll need diving gear and air tanks. We can stow our gear in Aunt Lydia's boat overnight and take off at the crack of dawn tomorrow. We know how to sail a boat and how to scuba. We can rent some of Zoot's wetsuits and it'll be a riot. (laughs) Clever. (laughs) I would just like to point out that we did go to the furthest extreme with the whole somebody drawing a map. Yes. The logical thing would be that they had a map already. And somebody just marked an X where they were going down and then put that in the bottle and threw it overboard. I mean, I like the drawing of the map better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of gives throwbacks to maybe Titanic when the musicians are playing their last refrains as the boat is sinking into the water. This map artist. (laughs) I'm going down with the ship. (laughs) It's been a pleasure serving with you, gentlemen. (laughs) Scritch, 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 scritch. (laughs) 
Zoot is more than willing to rent you scuba gear at a discount price. After all, you two were my best scuba diving students last year. Oh, so you do know how to do it. He says cheerfully, because of the cold water in Puget Sound, you choose to dive with rubber exposure suits and J-valve air tanks with double hose regulators. Got that, boys? Nope. Seems way different than what we're wearing on the cover, but... <laughs> right? Because the illustrator didn't have any idea what they were talking about either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. As an afterthought, you grab two underwater headlamps for night diving. Early the next morning, before anyone is awake, you jot a quick note to your aunt Lydia. You're going to die. Going out for a swim. (laughs) Hannah and I have gone out in the boat for the day. Back by dinner. The less we tell her, the better, you say. Hannah nods in agreement. You take the helm of the boat and glide out into the calm, misty waters of Puget Sound. The morning air is crisp and cool. Using local islands as your landmarks, you navigate to the area where the map indicates the Onyx-Dragon sank. Harbor Island is within a stone's throw. Tall conifers rise dramatically from its rocky shores. Hannah lowers the anchor. You struggle to climb into your diving gear. The rubberized material of the exposure chute clings to your body like a second skin, and it takes a moment to adjust to its confining feeling. The early morning water looks dark and dangerous. You look through the gear stowed in the ship's bow, searching for your headlamps. Not only do you find the lamps, you also discover an underwater sonic probe. Look, you say, holding it up for inspection. This is just what we need. It scans the bottom of the ocean using sound waves. That probe, as I recall, made its inventor famous, Hannah says with excitement. Maybe it will do the same for us. You read the instruction manual, then activate the probe and wait as it sends sound waves toward the ocean bottom. As the waves head downward, they surround anything in their path, gauging the object's overall shape and depth. This information is then transmitted back to a small monitor on board, showing a fuzzy picture in the telltale green of the computer screen. You pull up the boat's anchor and begin drifting with the tides. Together, you and Hannah spend the day scanning the ocean bottom, searching for the onyx dragon. Suddenly, on the screen, small objects appear scattered over the ocean floor. Next to them is a large mass embedded in the sand. The ship's hull, Hannah yells. You turn to tell your sister to lower her voice, but the sun setting against the Olympic Mountains makes you stop. Let's dive for it now, Hannah goes on. (laughs) We can camp on Harbor Island tonight if we need to. Never mind the note we left our aunt. Yeah, our note said back by dinner. You're going to turn us into liars Mm -hmm. as well as sneaks? In a matter of minutes, it will be dark. Night diving is dangerous. You know you'd promised Aunt Lydia you'd return by dinner, but the images on the sonic probe screen make you hesitate. Should you dive now and spend the evening camping on Harbor Island? Or should you return to Aunt Lydia's and resume your search tomorrow? You choose to head back toward shore, turn to page 75. If you decide to dive now, turn to page 36. <laughs> I know what you want to do. <laughs> I, I want to dive now. Night diving. Night diving time. The thought of, ter- of diving in the Puget Sound on a daytime, <laughs> let alone at night, fucking terrifies me. We have lights. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to have to sleep in this wetsuit. Gross. Doubles as a sleeping bag. It probably does, but gross. It takes you <laughs> it takes you only a moment to think it over. You're right, Hannah. We didn't come all this way to stop searching for the treasure once we found the ship. Your sister smiles in agreement. Together, the two of you squirm into your diving suits. The rubber material sticks to your damp skin. You strap on oxygen tanks, headlamps, and regulators and jump overboard. 
You signal to Hannah to wait while you tread water near the surface and your eyes adjust to the darkness. Then, taking several deep breaths for courage, you dive toward the bottom. The water is cold and dark. A school of fish swims by, causing you to gasp in fright. This is silly, you tell yourself. In the daytime, those fish wouldn't even make me flinch. Oh yeah, that's another point. The fish on the cover and the turtle... Seem very tropical. ...do not live in Puget Sound. (laughs) Using your underwater compass, you head toward the mass you detected on the sonic probe. Near the bottom, Hannah points to a small, shiny object half buried in the sand. She digs it out and, after a quick inspection, excitedly points towards the surface. Back in the boat, you inspect the object under your headlamps. It's a gold coin bearing the imprint of an ancient Chinese ruler. We found the treasure! We found it! She yells. We're right on top of it! Hold on, you say cautiously. We may have found it, but it's too dark to search any longer. Hannah reluctantly agrees to head toward Harbor Island to set up camp. Later, well fed and your tent up, you're ready to turn in. Did we pack food? And a tent? We came prepared. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll just check on the boat. Be right back, you say. The shadow of a small ship, not far from shore, catches your eye. After a few moments, you decide it's nothing more than a fishing boat and head back toward camp. Odd, you think, that the boat showed no lights. That was your last mistake. That's right. (laughs) At dawn, you realize the mystery ship is anchored over the wreck. Jumping into the motorboat, you speed as fast as possible toward the vessel. At 300 yards, you realize it's not a fishing boat at all. It's a ship flying a strange flag. Two snakes intertwined over a flame, Hannah observes. Whose flag is that? Oh my, that's the flag of San Johnny, the International Terrorist Organization. Okay. They proudly fly their flag because they have no fear of the law. San Johnny, Hannah whispers in fear. Don't they carry out hijackings and murders? Well, they are terrorists. Worse yet, you reply, they finance their terrorist activities through arms sales, archaeological looting, and stolen treasure. What now? Hannah asks. You know her tone all too well. She is both frightened and mad. We better start diving. If we don't, they'll get everything, you say. You suit up and slip overboard. Hannah hooks some mini screen and the sonic probe onto her belt before joining you. I bet this is some weird coincidence that they killed your dad or some bullshit. How is it also a weird coincidence that they just magically knew that we were doing this on this exact moment? Yeah, this day? they found it at the same exact time. Or if they've secretly been watching our aunt for like years. Yeah. Decades. Same way that we just happened to find her uh, secret tunnel uh, under the stairs uh-huh. led to a secret study where we found a stupid sheet of paper under a desk. Or... Where we had the magic dream of... Right. Yes. That's... That too. So maybe they had a magic dream, too. That's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. They said, follow these stupid redhead uh, kids. Yeah. Our uncle was very indiscriminate with who he was telling to find Together, you swim down into the water, confident no one has seen you yet. Your body is tense, searching for signs of the terrorists. Suddenly, Hannah stops moving and points to her right. There's activity in the distance. It's too far away to tell what it is. It could be a large school of fish swimming by. It could be an enormous octopus slithering along the bottom. Or it could be a mini-sub looting the treasure of the onyx dragon. Why didn't we bring a mini-sub? We packed everything else. Hannah aims a sonic probe towards the activity. Your fear is confirmed. The small screen shows the blurred shape of a mini-sub. Five divers are swimming around it. 
Slowly, you swim toward the onyx dragon. When you are close, you take refuge behind a rock. The stern of the sunken ship is in front of you, shielding you and Hannah from the other divers. The skeletal remains of the ship seem fragile in the strong current. When it looks safe, Hannah dives to the sandy bottom and begins digging. Keeping a suspicious eye toward the terrorists, you swim down to join her. You dig through the silky sand, sifting it through your fingers, looking for coins. Within minutes, you have uncovered dozens of large gold coins. As you sift, Hannah loads the coins into her dive bag. Once the bag is full, she points toward the surface and swims away. You nod and continue the harvest. You're very greedy. That should be enough. <laughs> After your bag is filled, you start swimming toward the surface. You don't think the terrorists have seen you, but you can't be sure. Hannah has taken the sonic probe with her, so you swim slowly, trying not to arouse suspicion. Just a giant turtle. <laughs> Weird looking turtle. Just when you think you're safe, a large hand grabs your ankle in a steely grip. You look down in panic. A terrorist diver has you in his clutches. Quickly, you flick off his mask with your free foot. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. The diver momentarily releases his grip and you head to the surface. Hannah is in the boat, the engine running. As you are climbing aboard, the diver's hand grabs you about the waist. Spinning at your regulator, you scream for help. Hannah hurls herself onto the terrorist's back. With incredible swiftness, he lets go of you, grabs Hannah around the neck, and begins swimming toward the terrorist ship. Bye, Hannah. Thanks for the gold coins. <laughs> you watch in horror as your sister, kicking and biting, is towed away. Oh, your God. Just smack him in the head with the oxygen tank. It won't be long before the other terrorists come after you. You decide to act fast. Surprise is your best tactic. Let me know where they take you in a dream. Bye. <laughs> you take your boat over to the terrorist ship and grab onto a line hanging off the port side. Tucking a flare gun into your waistband. You could have shot him with that. You tie off your boat, climb on board the terrorist ship, and duck into the first open hatch you see. Ten bunk beds line the walls. The smell of dirt and decay is overpowering. In the corner, a huge rat scurries away. Slowly, you enter the next cabin. This one is much different. There are oriental carpets on the floor and the air smells fresh. It must be the ringleader's cabin, a perfect place to hide the treasure. Sure enough, a little snooping around reveals a terrace hall in the ammunition chest at the foot of the bunk. You let out a gasp as you open it. It's full of gold coins. Before you start to stuff your pockets with the coins, you remember it's not the treasure you're after. It's Hannah, goddammit. No, we're, we're after the treasure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had the right instinct. <laughs> you stuff a dozen of the coins into your pocket and continue your search of the cabin. So far, your luck is holding out. None of the crew is on board. They must be out diving for more gold or looking for you elsewhere. Your heart jumps when you find Hannah, bound and gagged, lying on a dirty cot at the end of the hall. Raising a finger to your lips, you untie your sister and silently motion toward the door. We'd better hurry, Hannah tells you in a choking whisper. The guard just headed off to the bridge. Together, you creep down the hall. As you approach the ringleader's cabin, you pause. It would be easy to sneak in and take the gold. The thought is very tempting, but footsteps are approaching. If you decide to steal the gold before escaping, turn to page 42. If you decide to continue your escape, turn to page 46. No, we're taking that gold. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even if it sinks us to the bottom of the bay. Greedy children. We'll just hold our breath. It's not greed. It's preservation of important historical... Yeah. Um, it belongs in a museum. Yeah. And to our family. It's our family legacy. It belongs in our family's museum. That's right. You point toward the ringleader's cabin and quietly open the door. 
It's darker inside than you remember. Oh, if I were Hannah, I'd be like, fuck off, and I'd leave. You pull Hannah inside with you as the footsteps go past the door and down the hall. Are you out of your mind, Hannah whispers angrily. These guys aren't your average robbers, you know. They're terrorists. Trust me, you reply. Looking around the room, you notice the curtains have been drawn. Someone has been here between the time you saw the gold and rescued Hannah. Realizing you have no time to spare, you head for the treasure. Suddenly, the room is filled with bright light. Looking for this, says a tall man standing by the door. In his large hands, he holds some gold coins. His smile is sinister, and you notice there are diamonds embedded in his two front teeth. Cool. Ah, uh, no, you begin, trying to think of something to say. We were, I was, um, looking for a way back to my boat. Brilliant. His smile turns into, <laughs> his smile turns into a frown. You disappoint me, he says. Somehow I thought you'd come up with something smarter than that. He tosses the coins onto the bed and quickly pulls a knife out of a sheath strapped to his ankle. Guy is not aware of the book that he is existing in. <laughs> you reach for your flare gun, but he kicks it out of your hand. In a flash, he grabs you and Hannah by the arms. But didn't he have a knife in one hand? How did that work? Yeah. He's got really big hands. He's got <laughs> both, both your arms. <laughs> Locked in his tight grip, he drags you up to the ship's deck. No, you yell. You can take me, but leave Hannah alone. The ringleader laughs until his face turns beet red. Leave her alone? Who said you have anything to say about it? Sea dog, he barks to a small man with a weasel face. Dispose of these two. He pushes the two of you forward. You can't believe this is happening. You were just trying to steal his gold. Sea <laughs> dog smiles with obvious pleasure. He ties your hands together, blindfolds you, and guides you toward the bow. The gangplank for both of you, he yells merrily. You hear a loud splash as Hannah is pushed overboard. You let out a little yelp of fear. Sea Dog laughs and gives you a push. The water rushes up. In seconds, you begin to sink. The end. That seems fair. Yay. You're wearing a wetsuit, though. You should be. F- you shouldn't be sinking. You should be fine. Well, we're blindfolded and we can't. We're tied up. Yeah, so we can't. Um... I guess. Well, our legs can still kick. I bet our aunt gets arrested for murder, too, because we just left and never came back. Oh, my. Your poor mother. First, her husband died. <laughs> and then the aunt well, went missing. Went missing. Yeah, and then of- the aunt that is not even related to her. The kids went missing with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's just depressing. Well, that was interesting. She had a very lengthy sentences with a lot of commas, which were hard to read out loud. But... Hmm. I don't know. It was okay. Miss Soft uh, recommend that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of middle. I'd probably yeah. go soft. Yeah. There's uh, there's too many plot conveniences. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the Goonie-esque feel of it, though. Yeah, I'm real curious what the going looking at those weird lights would have been like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't want to pass on this one. I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that we had a sibling in that one. My inner curmudgeon is coming out. <laughs> Didn't do it for me. Well, two soft recommends and a pass. Well, if you want to learn more about Choose Your Own Adventure, go to coyoa.com. If you want to learn more about us, go to incrediblydaring.com. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. The end. The end.